Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Hello everyone, welcome to the Experts Podcast and I have something very special to deliver to you today. I've got Carmen Braidwood back. Hello Carmen Braidwood. <laughs> Hi Nick Hayes, I'm pleased to be described as something very special. Well, we missed you last week, we missed you last week and we need you this week because I think it's the big talk of the town, everyone's talking about it and there's no denying it, that the CEO of Woolworths, Brad Banducci, had a disastrous Four Corners appearance. Uh, this is off the back of his Australia Day Woolworths uh, not selling Australia Day products. Uh, this mm-hmm. was a, a very highly contentious issue here in Australia. Um, he hasn't had a great couple of months, uh, Carms, and it's uh, it's probably something that we should have a bit of a chat about, particularly from the fields of where we both come from and also to around this message that this podcast is all about. Now, I know every single media trainer or media commentator has had a little bit of say in it and the comments are wild, they're out there, but let's see if we can bring a little bit of clarity around this for our listeners' calms and also to mm. just, let's just take a bit of a chill pill on this because this the fearful thing that I have mostly with this calms is that this is going to scare a lot of leaders, CEOs, MDs from getting out from behind the desk and confronting, being in front of their audience, be in front of the media, be reaching out personally. I think this might scare them a little. What's your thoughts? I agree, Nick. This last three days in particular for for Brad, the Brad, as he would like to be known. He doesn't want us to use his last name. He just signs <laughs> off his letters even when he's making an apology in the newspaper. Cheers, Brad, you know, where's a name tag? Hey, I'm Brad, and you could have me serving you at the checkout, scanning your groceries. He's a man of the people, but this has been the worst possible three days a CEO could have had in the media, and it is the stuff that is the fodder of industry leaders and CEOs' nightmares. It is the stuff of media trainer nightmares. It is the stuff of PR. Uh, department nightmares. It's the stuff of comms manager nightmares. And I do not blame anyone who hears and sees what has gone on for the Brad this week who says, yeah, stuff it. That's too hard. I'm not doing it. And I would hate for you to think that because instead, what you should be thinking is there's an opportunity here and it is to learn where this went wrong. And there are so many places where it went wrong and it could have been handled so much better and why it is is so surprising that such an experienced CEO, such a solid media performer, fell for these things, and then, and understand you need to understand that there are some crucial reasons why he did. Uh, I can see them; they're as plain as day. And if you understand the crucial reasons why he failed so miserably, then I think all of us can navigate the media safely from here on in. We'll go. We'll go. We'll have a look at the four corners piece very shortly. But I want to go back to Australia Day. I want to go back mm-hmm. to 
uh, Woolworth's decision not to sell Australia Day memorabilia and Mm. the uproar that that caused around the country, political, social, families. It, It was a big issue here that wasn't going away anytime soon, but I will give the man some credit. Brad did the rounds. He did all the breakfast television. He did breakfast radio talkback. He did mornings. He did afternoons. He very much gave himself to the media. Now, just to set the scenes with for everyone, make sure that you know this, that someone of Brad's uh, level in in a corporate world has many media advisors, communications, people around. He doesn't make these kind of decisions off a whim. They are all specifically designed. They're precisely executed. And he is, if anyone in this country is media trained to the hilt, he has to be because he is a representative of Australia's biggest employer. And because it's also with what was coming, an investigation into price gouging, he has to be at the top of his game. So let's just quickly go back to the Australia Day before we dive too deep into this, Carms. Was mm. Australia Day, did Australia Day and all that media commentary at the time maybe take a little bit of the wind out of his sail, a little bit of the confidence out and even have a bit of a, a harm on his ego? Yeah, maybe. I think that there there's evidence that that when the ego is attacked in that way, you know, your confidence can be affected and your performance as a result will be affected. So there's possible, there's a possibility that if he felt like the way things rolled out with the best advice, you know, went and did all the spots on radio, didn't go to radio silence like we saw from the Optus CEO only a few short months ago. Instead, got on the front foot, did the media, but copped it, right? Just genu- genuinely copped it, copped it in the socials, you know, and he would have been hearing all of those those negative comments, that misperception around how he wants to be viewed. This is a man who, as we point out, is turning up to interviews wearing his Woolworths polo and his name tag with Brad on it. He wants to be viewed as a man of the people and he's copying, he's only in it for the money in the comments, and so he is, he's probably been hearing that when he's said the wrong thing later in the Four Corners interview like we're going to get to. So, yes, I think it's quite possible that he copped a bit of a, a, a confidence knock, particularly when you think about the, I, what I've perceived to be a more likely intention behind the Australia Day, you know, garb ban was plastic. It's junky, cheap, shitty plastic that's made in China to reflect <laughs> Australia. Like, I don't want to buy that and I don't want to see it sold in my country. I don't want to see it go land in my attic and then go to the bin. It's, it's, that was the intention behind it. Australians aren't buying that crap anymore and he wanted to, <laughs> to tap into that. They should have just not announced it and just not had much on the store shelves. I don't know. It was nah, that calms, to me calms, you're putting too much could have been a great win. You're putting too much water on that beautiful media fire that was created because <laughs> – it, it only needed a few people to just ask why mm. and then, uh, but let's get really back to that real subject is it's not so much the cheap crap that was being put on the shelves, it was the message that was being sent, you can't yeah. celebrate Australia Day, we're not celebrating mm. it, but pretty much next day, uh, the Chinese New Year stuff was in the, in the shops, the Chinese New Year gear was all there. 
So spot we've, on. We've, the genuine mistake was the the banners, right? The posters in the store, the decorating that Woolworths do. Now, ten years ago, Woolworths started, if not earlier, started putting up Happy Ramadan signs all over the place. So if we can have Happy Ramadan and we can have Happy Lunar New Year, Happy Chinese New Year, then we should be able to have Happy Australia Day in the stores. No, you're, and you're right, you're that is the story. Yeah, yeah. and that's it where it wasn't the cheap plastic stuff. Yeah, and that's where I think we probably need, and I think CEOs and people that are communicating really uh, break down the issue and de-risk it to a point where you're going. If we go this particular pathway. We are going to cop flack here. This is this is the risk that we put out there, and mm. I think partly. And he he did admit, Brad did admit during the Australia Day communications, is that they didn't do it particularly well. And mm. you would have thought. And this is only a month ago, Carms. This is one month ago. Yeah. This is not exactly. like it was sort of three six months down. I think this is one month ago, and then comes four corners. All right, mm. let's let's walk through it a little bit because. Uh, my first mm-hmm. notification of the Four Corners piece was actually uh, on ABC TV when the reporter of Four Corners uh, used the little snippet of Brad walking out as a, a front runner there for the program, raising awareness around mm-hmm. that, uh, that it was a, it was a great segue, great lead in. Uh, to get more viewers and more attraction to the piece. I don't think Four Corners has had a bigger audience uh, in a long time to what they had on Monday. And that was the very, very short piece of media of where Brad is sitting down. He's being questioned about the former ACCC uh, boss questioning uh, the pricing and the price structure, and he dismissed it. He dismissed it and hmm. said, well, he's, he's, he's been gone. He's former. The, the, the reporter very quickly said, well, he's only been out of the job for 18 months. You can't say what he's saying is not right. And it, he just completely dismissed it. And then the water bottle came up, the, the, the very unsettled, normally very confident uh, and very straight to message, knows what he's on about, lost his way. And he mm. did one of the most fatal things in all the things you can do in media, uh, Carms and walk up, stand up and walk out on a pre-recorded interview on channels on channel on the ABC's Four Corners program who are already going to go for a particular direction and line. And he knew that. Hmm. And to get up of and give them that, that and to give them that is just I just it, it is unforgivable. Um, but a lot of questions have come around to the fact that why would you do this? Who would put you in front for this? Why would you get up and do this in the first place? I'm proud that he did it. I think the media advisors were right to do it. He just failed on the day. He failed on the day. And the thing that, that in, in an excellent recap, Nick, you did leave out that I think is really important, before he got up and said, I'm done and walked out, much to Angus Griggs' complete surprise, he said, can we take that bit out? You're not going to run that, are you? You know, he made the crucial mistake of thinking that because it's a pre-record, you get editorial control. And I think you said in your radio interview this morning, Nick, you unfortunately never have control over how the media uses what you give them. If you say it, they can use it. Your only defence against that is not saying it. 
That's where he yeah. went wrong. He made the assumption that he could cut and paste after the fact and then he's smart enough to realise how big a mistake he made. You can see the the, the kind of colour drain out of his face as he's realised how bad this is and, and, and fell on diva antics, which totally surprised me. He fell on Clive Palmer antics. I thought for a second the man had been media trained by Clive Palmer. <laughs> I, on, I've interviewed Clive Palmer and he walks out because all he wanted the story to be about was the walkout. He didn't want the story to be about the horrendous things he'd been saying, so he made the story yeah. about the walkout. And that has been what this story has become about. And I'll tell you that everyday people who he wants to be viewed as, Brad from down the shops packing my groceries, that guy cannot be viewed as a person who goes, oh, this is all too hard. Um, You're questioning me about how much money we make and I don't want to answer your questions. That's not an everyday person and it doesn't pass the public. You're using using that everyday Brad thing a little too harsh there. I just want to pick you up on that and I think there'll there'll be a little... What do you think? Difference. Well, there's a bit of a difference there. I actually like the fact that he walked up in a Woolworths polo shirt. I like the fact that he has his name badge. Um, there was a lot of good things going right for him in that particular interview. And I, you've got to say, and I, and I did mention in that radio interview that I did uh, this morning, was the fact that be very cautious when you're being interviewed by uh, programs that are pre-recorded and mm-hmm. also to programs that have an agenda or have a direction. And you know, he, Brad would have been fully informed as to what that direction and what that agenda was. He knew that and he would have been prepped beautifully for that. Um, it's also to the same for a current affair who, again, will take a certain angle and a position that may not necessarily meet or fit the values or the direction that you're hoping for as a brand or as an individual. But you don't You've get still up got and a do, front up. You've got to front up, yes, but you don't get up in the middle. And as the as the journalist very, very quickly said, you're on the record. Um, the way that that could have been very easily deflated is take responsibility for it. You know what? You're right. I'm wrong about that. I should take that out. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Look, leave that in, leave that in the interview for now. But I, I do apologise for that particular uh, statement. That's not true. And uh, and that's the on. sign that he's a real person, right? Real yeah. people make mistakes and real people can admit when they're wrong. The yeah. person who got up and fell on diva antics is out of touch. If he were a yeah. TV show, we'd say he'd jump the shark. Have you heard of the jump the shark analogy? When Fonzie jump jumped the shark. the shark in Happy Days, that's when the show was over. It had jumped the shark and it's not plausible anymore. It's not believable anymore. This is a man who's slapping on a woolly shirt and a name tag to try and convince us he's an everyday person. But the fact is, Nick, he is a multi-millionaire being paid millions of dollars by the shareholders of Woolworths thanks to the money that me and my family and my family's family and our dog and everyone up the street is spending at that grocery store and he is answerable to all of us and he jumped the shark when he fell on the diva move instead of being true to the look which is I'm an everyday guy he just forgot who he was for a second yeah see I, I, I've got to differ with you on that one too there comes because he's not responsible to you to me yes we are uh, customers of Woolworths some of us are some of us aren't some of us claim to be uh, that yeah. aren't necessarily but he is responsible to the shareholders. He is responsible to those that he uh, is the head of. He's got 20,000 plus employees 
In fact, no, it's more than that, 200,000, I should say. I mean, he, Woolworths yeah. is one of the biggest employers in the country. He's got responsibilities to them. He's got a lot of responsibilities, but I, I don't necessarily think he's responsible to us. And I think also, too, the media does tend to play this one. And, I, and this is why it's so important for everyone that's listening here today is that while this was a train wreck of an interview, while this was a good example of what not to do, this is also a great reminder for all business leaders, owners, for those leaders out there that are in their particular industries, is that you do have a responsibility to step up from the desk like Brad has done. But mm -hmm. also to remember that yeah. the fact that you can prepare yourself in a little bit better, a better way, be a bit more empathetic, be a little, little less combative. And, and that yes. combative element was what really let him down. He, he took um, Armage with the, the, the reference that there was no competition and he went to name all the competition and he was spot on. In fact, what he actually had to say, that there was two Coles was stores great. within five yeah. kilometres. It was great commentary. There was an Aldi store. There was fairly a lot of independence. And he, he, he actually responded well to that, but then he thought that was over. He thought he had control. And the control yeah. was never there. The control was never there. And when he did get picked up on it, he failed. And that's when he lost it. And that's when the interview was over. And he got so uncomfortable, right? You can see that discomfort kick in. And to me, it was really clear that he lacked up-to-date experience and how to navigate that. And even Angus Grigg, the Four Corners journalist, said this in that cross to breakfast on ABC. He said, considering that we've got so much heat on the supermarket industry right now, it's pretty surprising that the CEO of the biggest supermarket group in Australia wasn't able to cope with scrutiny. And it just goes to show, doesn't it? It, how little scrutiny this man has had to face as a CEO. He hasn't he's had to face He's got Senate hearings. Right. He's got, he's got Senate yes. hearings in two weeks' time. He's he's you think the media is tough. Wait till he sees the senators when they get stuck into it because there is no greater no greater interviewers than the senators that are actually after to yeah. try and impress their constituents. Uh, it's yeah. phenomenal. Exactly. Well, it, yeah. it, it was a, it was a, it was, it was something I think that uh, even some of the the commentators that I've heard today and uh, and uh, even in recent times talk about the fact that whether he should have done the interview or not, uh, why he fronted up. Yeah. Well, of course he should have, and it was not the responsibility. I don't think necessarily of the media advisors and those that prepped him. Was he trained well enough? I think when you go into a program like Four Corners and. Uh, one good example of this was when the investigation, the Royal Commission into the Aged Care Services, the, the CEO of Leading Aged Services Australia was interviewed by Four Corners for something in the vicinity of 98 minutes. They used five seconds of that 98 <laughs> minutes. And what do you think that might have been, Carms? It wasn't something very positive, I can assure you. So you Something know, you don't you, want on the front page. No, you don't. He lost it. He lost control. He he was he just didn't perform well, upset his members. It just wasn't a good look. And and you know, this is a gotcha moment. A gotcha moment that we refer to in media where, you know, this is you falling over. A bit like Barnaby having a few drinks in Canberra and uh, someone taking a, a nice little photo of him and him becoming the sort of the laughing stock 
of Australian politics. This is this is a moment that just falls over, and then it's your ability to recover from this. The interview went on, Carms. The interview went on, hmm. but it became to more about credit. Brad. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 but it came about Brad, and not so much about the investigation into price gouging. Maybe this was strategic. Maybe this was done for a reason. Maybe take a little heat off Woolworths and just focus on the Brad. Because by now, as you're well aware, today he's announced that uh, he's moving on after 10 years in the job. Mm. He'll be f- finishing up in September. Was that a good move or bad move, Carms, telling the uh, oh. telling the world that he is out as of September today? Like it or not, it's being linked. The, the Woolworths group is saying that he was always going to wrap things up in September anyway. However, you can make the assumption that it is a story to help them walk back from the bad news story that is a CEO who doesn't seem to care about what mums and dads are paying at the checkout. And, and I'll stand by the belief that he, he is a person who's answerable to everyday people making purchases. And I'll tell you why, because of the Woolworths share price. You know, if people don't buy those groceries, if they walk elsewhere and go to Coles or go to Aldi or go down to an RGA, it affects Woolworths, bottom line, at the end of the day. Uh, so I, I, I think I that, to, yeah. I, I beg to differ on that one, Carl. So I think just because once you're, you're, once you're a Woolworths person, you're a Woolworths person. I don't think that people change or make their decisions on just because a, the CEO has said this or that. Um, it's, it, it's like it's red and blue in politics, you reckon? Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's partly that. grocery voters? No, but it's partly because it's where you're geographically positioned. You don't go to a, mm. a, a supermarket that's seven k's away when there's one that's only one and a half k's away. And I, look, I hear you on that front, but I, I still, I still think that you know he does have a responsibility for the brand, and he he's let his brand down without any denying yeah. that. But the fact that he has is the, they've announced that he's moving on. Uh, I'm not convinced that this is a great day to be doing that because obviously it's even gained, gained more media attention off the back of the four corners that this could have been the result of poor media performance. What do you say about that? Yeah, I think that's exactly what people are assuming it to mean. The wording is really important. Woolworths boss quits is the headline all over the place. You know, resigns, stands down, is being stood I don't think I've seen is being stood down. Woolworths wording was a certain way. I even heard he's planning. Is he planning to physically like retire from work altogether at the end of this? Well, the golden handshake probably can. facilitates it. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be fine. Yeah, he I think he's going to be short on cash. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that it's it was always in their plan to do it and they figured they may as well just do it. If, if that's to be believed, yeah, great. Um, you know, but there's so many things that I'm toying with around things like arrogance and complacency when it comes to people in positions of power. And this is what I'm trying to get at. When you try and position yourself as the guy in the polo wearing the name badge, you know, you can't, it, it, it suggests a certain kind of, of assumption about the audience that they can be fooled. And I, to be honest, I like it too. I'm the sort of person who would probably say to the CEO, well, just try and show your real dad's side. It's a bit like whoever told Scott Morrison to wear sneaks 
to wear a pair of sneakers in that PR photo. I think it was on the front page of the Women's Weekly or something. You know, they ended up editing over it because it just looked ridiculous. They photoshopped that out, right? This is the kind of thing you want from your CEO, but they're not really those kinds of people. So don't deny it. If it's not authentic, if it's not real, we can sniff a fake and the more media you do, the more you risk being caught out. And that's exactly what happened here. Long, long pre-records. Pre-records don't go for three minutes. Pre-records, they sit and they wear you down and there are lights and there are people everywhere. It is stressful and they can go sometimes for three freaking days. You run the risk of being exposed for who you really are. If you're not a bloke who wears a polo, don't pretend to be. Yeah, but Carms, how much of that is contrived by the media people behind Brad and Woolworths? Because... I'm not sure. I'm not confident on that. I think that that was contrived anyway, uh, as many mm. others have suggested that. I, I actually tend to think, and I even even my own local Woolworths, I see the manager walking through in a polo. He's not suit and tie. Um, you wouldn't no. want to in a Woolworths. You're getting yogurt thrown all over you and everything's going up everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, you just don't want to. It's a dirty, I've, worked in many, I've worked in many supermarkets. I can tell you, you come home sweaty and filthy. Um, they are it's gross. Just, it's a it's a hard job. Most, it's a hard it job. It's a hard job. It's dusty. It's dirty. Uh, the the things behind the scenes. It is a tough gig. I actually liked that part of him presenting in the polo in a supermarket, well lit up. He was in his natural mm. environment. I think that part was yeah. done really, really well. Um, I also think that uh, if for the fact that he fronted up. And I, I cannot mm. hit that home hard enough because no, we'll uh, agree as, with that. Yeah, every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You and you've I got both a, you've know got, this. Yeah, no to interview requests is just not an option. You take that interview request, you front up, and you and you take the questions, particularly well, it, the tough it ones. Is, it is interesting. It is interesting because there is a time to say no. There is a time to say no, and a lot of media. Uh, we'll often go, how did we get him up? How did we get that person up to talk? Because I tell you what, I would never have done that um, because mm. it actually, in many cases, sometimes just adds more fuel to the fire. You know, choose your battles, but I don't think the Four Corners was one that you could avoid. That's definitely not one no. you could avoid because it was it is such an important part and such an important timing of the investigation into price gouging that he had an opportunity to talk. But again that combative nature that he went in with. There is, and I love that word that you used earlier, was that word arrogance. There was mm. a sense of that that seemed to be that he might have either been a little smarter than the journalist, that what he had to say that he could dismiss. Uh, he wasn't just dealing with a, you know, a third-year-out uh, apprentice-slash-cadet-style uh, mm -hmm. journalist. He, he had an experienced journalist in front of him that had done this and knows how to work the the room, knows how to work uh, an interview, and I think just fell over. There is a, a sense of that. And I, I don't want to pick up on Brad's accent, uh, Carms, but I'm going to. That can also have an, a little bit of effect and also a presence as to sort of how people perceive it as well. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's just his natural commentary, his natural words that were being mm. used, and I think sometimes that does fall over and does irk a listening or viewing audience in some cases. So, you know, there was already a little bit of work there for Brad to do, but 
again, if there was one lesson for everyone that's listening to this today, learn from this, use this as a good chance and opportunity because, you know, unless you are the Woolworths CEO or, you know, the RBA governor, Philip Lowe, that uh, has moved on mm. or Virgin Australia's CEO, Jane Hardlicker, um, Kelly Ryan, National Australia CEO of, sorry, the Netball Australia CEO um, moving on, uh, you know, you've got high profile roles. If you've got a high profile role, you need to invest in good media training, good people around you for messaging, good people around you for comms strategy, and also to show a bit of empathy, show a bit of connection, yes. show a little bit of relatability. And that's why I'm going to still keep hitting home with you. I still love that polo. I love that name badge. Yeah. I think that tells me a little bit more about him wanting to be one of the people and uh, but still he failed at the big he failed at the big dance. Oh. To quote the man himself, I think he said, I, I came in here with good intentions. It was meant with good intentions. It's been taken with bad intent. I think that was something uttered as the diva walked out of the room, right? I get that. He he meant he meant well. You can mean well, but perception is reality. And, yeah. and, and there, you have to be self-aware enough as a CEO. And I, there's a dynamic in boardrooms, and I've worked for the big media companies, every single one of them right around this country. There is a dynamic in boardrooms that exists between the CEO and the underlings, the other executive. And it can get to a stage where complacency runs rife. You can get to a yep. stage where do we really need to do we really need to run? Oh, you've but you've done you've done all that Australia Day stuff. You handled that pretty well. Just don't do that again, all right? You know they will they will put the money elsewhere. They'll put the time and effort elsewhere. And media training gets put into this. Oh, it's nice to have kind of thing. Or we're not really in a current crisis, so we don't need it. You know, like the practical element is what I'm getting at here, Nick. It's not a boardroom where you look at a bunch of slides. It is sticking you in a studio. It is bringing in an experienced broadcaster, someone who is hard as nails, just like Angus Grigg was, who actually, in fact, isn't actually that nasty pasty, let's be fair. He was a pretty nice guy. He was really gracious and said, yeah, let's move on. You know, yeah, really you know pretty what? gracious because, because journalist. That, that was, that's the professionalism of him is because he already knew yes. he had his gotcha moment and he just needed mm. that to keep going. And to his credit and to the credit of Brad for continuing and to getting in there because, it, you know, for a lot of us that haven't had 10 years uh, as the CEO of Woolworths who haven't been front and centre to some of the biggest dis- announcements and discussion points, you, it's, it, it, it's a nerve-wracking experience to have a camera and a microphone yeah. thrown, thrusted in front of you. But it is, is, and you too- can still get nervous even at that stage, oh. you know? that, that that's, that's what it teaches us. I get nervous talking to you, Carms. I get nervous talking yeah, to you every, well, you every week on the Experts <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> But that's it, because it's a learnt skill, Nick. You know, we need we need to practice these things. Really, CEOs yeah. should have a podcast like we do, so they just get used to riffing, talking about things, answering tough well, questions, and having disagreements. That's what life's about. And those things are everyday leave, human experiences. I want to leave on one piece of advice, and you 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 have this moment to think about what you might tell the audience there. But own your mistakes. That's that's the thing. I think it is, as you just said, mentioned there, uh, Calms, is that it to, to err is to, to be human, to make an error. It is the one thing that we do all of the time. And if you were listening to my breakfast uh, interview with Milsey and Carl, you'll note that I signed off thanking Brad <laughs> and Carl 
not not Millsy. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. Apologies, Stephen. I had Brad on the brain. <laughs> and then, you know, you sort of, and I went, did I just say that? But you know what? Yeah. Sometimes if I don't make a mistake in some of my interviews, people won't believe it's me. So I'm just convinced that I've just got to be who I am and uh, and tell it tell it the way that I want to say it and how I and, and bring out that passion and energy. I will make a few errors along the way, but if you do make errors and and you will own them, just say, "Yep, I took it. I'm sorry. Let's move on." And uh, mm. can not can we take that out? Or you're not going to add that in, are you? Or you know yeah. that 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 is that is arrogance to a level where you think that you are actually in control of the media engagement when he is never in control. He's just a contributor, and in most mm. cases, you're just going to hope that you what you are contributing is going to add value to the conversation. But own your own your mistakes, and don't let this be something that's going to hold you back from representing your brand and your business, because. No, uh, you're not all Woolworths. You're not going to be Brad's, and and not not all media is like that either. So uh, take take homage in the fact that you can do this, and get some people around you, get some training. Yeah, do you know with just a simple bit of practice ahead of time, you can go into most media engagements and have some absolute best times of your life, you know, and honestly, I was on TV on Saturday as recently as that and I planned and planned and planned a bunch of interesting things I wanted to add to the conversation about Taylor Swift. Do you think any of them came out when Clint Stanaway asked me the specific question he did? Not one of them, not one of them. And, and you know, there, there are TV crosses I did, which I'm talking about in my new podcast actually, Nick, about, you know, 10 years ago that I still obsess over of the stupid things I said, the way I stuffed up, the way I made me fluffed a word you know you will always 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 make mistakes but those are the things that we come to you for they're the things that finally show us you are human that you are a person who could be working down at the supermarket slicing deli meat in your polo and your name tag those are the things that make you look like a real person it's not it's not the oh can we edit that so it's a perfect interview and I get my representation the way I wanted it in the media. So the thing is, those are crosses that you do, those appearances you do, they're not really about you. Yes, I know I hate to break it to you. Yes, there's a benefit to you, but really it's about the media and their audience. You're borrowing their audience a little bit and there will be another bite of the cherry. There will be another chance for you to say what you need to say, especially in this multimedia age. You've got all these other places where you can correct the record afterwards, which I did, by the way. I went home and wrote a great piece about what Taylor Swift means and I stuck that on the internet, right? You don't have to get it right in that one single media appearance necessarily all the time. And you don't have to be scared of the media. We're not all trying thought, to eat you. I thought we were going to get through this 35 minutes without one mention of Taylor Swift and we failed <laughs> dismally. <laughs> failed dismally. Uh, well done, Carms. Not. It, She's it, still here. Oh, <laughs> please. Look, uh, it's been a big week for Woolworths. It's been a big week for Brad mm. and... Um, and, and it's a great time and message. I think every commentator's got onto this. And, and you know what? We won't be talking about it next week. It's done. Um, and no, I think but now's it is the time. a great message. It is the time. But it's a great message and opportunity to uh, look at your brand, look where you're at, look what you're doing, and make sure that you're ready when, when something does happen. And, and it doesn't have to be a crisis. It can be something positive. It can be something that uh, you, you want to get out there, but just deliver it authentically, deliver it real. 
and uh, ultimately deliver it the way that you are who you are and uh, make sure that yeah. that shines. Well, Carms, I'm going to finish this uh, podcast in, in something that we shouldn't really do. I'm going to walk out. Yeah. I'm walking out. I'm getting up. I've had enough. I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm out, Carms. I'm you. That's it. I'm gone. No, See ya. I'm done. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Hey, uh, before I do walk out, I hope to I hope to get a chance to catch up with you next week when we talk to another expert or another media. <laughs> Thanks very much, everybody. To do it. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.